Welcome to the Valley Brook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a sermon from our Pray for One series. This series challenges us as believers to remember our responsibility to prayerfully lift up and lead others to Christ. We hope you find this podcast meaningful. We love to hear how God is touching people's lives. Just go to our website at www.valleybrook.cc, select contact us, and send us an email. Well, good morning, everybody. It is good to be here with you today. We're going to release the children ages four through grade five to go to their classes, and uh, their teachers are excited about getting them to come and and, uh, share with them. So we're looking forward to God's word for us today. We're in this series, Pray for One, and in this series, we're asking God this question in a prayer. We're challenging everybody, God, uh, give me one more person to share your love with. We're asking God to do that in our lives because we know that every person is important to God, and, and we have the responsibility as the body of Christ to share the love of God with all people. We kicked this off last week, and, and Dan had an amazing message, and if you didn't hear it, if you weren't here last week, I encourage you to go to our website and listen to the podcast. It'll bless you. I encourage you to, to share it with anybody because it was a, a great message. I really enjoyed listening to it this week, so I think it'll bless you. Now, in preparation for this message, would you bow your heads? Father... I pray that as I speak, that you would uh, use me, that you would say the things that you want said through me. I pray that you would speak through me, and I pray for all of us that we would be given ears to hear and eyes to see and and a heart to receive. And Lord, I pray that we would not leave here the same that you would do some some work on our lives and on our hearts. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So let me start with a question. Do, do any of you have any regrets in life? Come on, be honest. Any, any regrets? Yeah, okay. Thank you for your honesty. Uh, I, I, I had some regrets in life, and, and I used to say I had only one regret, and I'm going to show you my regret. It's going to be a picture on the back. Uh, I owned a 1976 Fire Engine Red MGB. That's me in 1983. Um, sitting in that car... <laughs> and um, my one regret is that somewhere along the way, I, I sold it. And, and to be honest with you, it, it was a money pit. So uh, there was, I just really couldn't afford to keep it up. But, you know, in the coming weeks, when it gets warm and it's sunny, I would love to have that car and take Cynthia for a ride, put the top down and just go and see the beautiful country. But... I can't. It's gone. I have no idea where it is today. Um, and uh, I know somebody put a lot more money into that car than I did. So, uh, uh, but, you, you know, here's the truth of the matter. I don't really have that regret anymore. Uh, you know, that was a fun car and a fun season. Um, the, the regrets that I have today are, are much more significant. And honestly, the regrets that I have today generally deal with people and relationships. You know, uh, our kids are grown and out of the house, and I look back on, on that time, and I, I thought, wow, did I spend enough time with them? You know, I miss that time. I, I do. I mean, when I, when I see parents with young kids, I'm gonna, I want to say, wow, it's going to go fast. You know, and when I was in the midst of it, I would have never believed it. I prayed for the end of diapers, you know. I was like, and, 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 but it does. And, and 
uh, all of our married life, Cynthia and I have lived far away from her parents and my parents. And so I, I do regret that my, my kids didn't get to spend a lot of time with their grandparents like I did growing up. And so, you know, that's one of those regrets. I, I can't take that back, but, but we have those. You know, I have regrets about things that I said, things that I didn't say, things that I did, things that I didn't do. And look, I, I know that God, when I bring these to God, I know he forgives me. And I, I know if I'm still in relationship with those people, I can go back and do that. And I do try to do that. I try to be responsive to the Holy Spirit. But I know we all have regrets. One regret that I know I've been forgiven for, but one that but I'll never forget because it, it weighs on me today. It, it was a spiritual conversation that I didn't have. Uh, when I was 28, I became the senior pastor of a church, and um, I uh, quickly learned that there was a man in the congregation, well, connected to the congregation. His wife attended, he didn't, and he had a terminal illness. And um, I, I knew that I, I needed to visit him. And what I'm about to share with you may shock you that a pastor would have these thoughts and these feelings, but, but it, pastors do. Um, you, you know, the first time I went to visit Carl, that was his name, um, you know, it was sort of a, a getting to know you meeting. And, and um, I sensed the Holy Spirit say, Clark, you need to share Christ with him. And I, I hedged. You know, well, no, I need, I need to get to know Carl. And, and so I didn't share Christ with him that day. I didn't tell him about how God loves him. Um, and I visited him again the next time. And, you know, I was dealing with my, my discomfort about how to break the ice. And again, I didn't share with him. There wasn't a next visit. Carl died. And what I hadn't shared with Carl I regretted, and, you know, to prepare a, a funeral message with that weighing on me, I, I don't really know how I did it, but, but I did it because that's what God wanted me to do. But, you know, what I didn't do had eternal consequences. Now, look, I, I've confessed it to God. I, I know I'm for, uh, I am forgiven. I, I don't live with an ongoing sense of dread and regret about that. But what I do live with is the urgency of sharing Christ with people. Because you just never know when something will happen and you won't be able to share with them. You know, my hope and prayer is that before uh, Carl passed, either before I came into his life or, or even in those intervening weeks, that somebody shared Christ with him. And, and that's my hope. But as I still look back on it, I share it with you honestly and openly. Um, you know, uh, it is a regret. You know, here's the deal. All of us, pastors, and lay people. We all feel the discomfort sometimes of how to break the ice to share with somebody about the most important relationship you can ever have, a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. We sometimes struggle with when's the right time to say it, or just the whole discomfort about talking about, but here's the deal. We need to. That's why I'm excited about this series called Pray for One. I'm excited about it because it, it's so important, because first of all, as followers of Jesus Christ, we understand that we have the most important news in the world, that God loves us so much that he wants us to come into a saving relationship 
with his son Jesus Christ so that we can have eternal life. And we understand as Christ followers that scripture says there's only one way to heaven. There's only one way to God and it's through faith in Jesus Christ. Now some people say that's exclusive. You gotta take that up with God and the Bible that he gave us because that's what scripture tells us, okay? You know, here's the thing that we need to understand. You know, a lot of people will say that being a Christian is, is uh, if I'm a Christian, you're, if you're a Christian, you're a religious person. You know, Christianity is not about religion. A lot of people make it about religion, make it about religious behavior. Um, and, and I can do it, you can do it, any of us can. But, but here's the truth. Being a follower of Jesus is about being in a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. And we come into that relationship through faith because somewhere along the way, somebody shared with you that good news. It may, may have been a parent. It may have been a spouse. It may have been a, a friend. It, it may have been, maybe you learned about Jesus in a church in a Sunday school. Um, I, I don't know where it was. But somewhere along the way, if you've come to faith in Jesus Christ, somebody did because they understood that followers of Jesus Christ have this non-negotiable command to share the good news of Jesus Christ with other people. Now, look, on the, um, on the spiritual continuum, we talk about this sometimes in our leadership team meetings, you know, we recognize that there are people who are exploring who Jesus is. And if that's you and it represents you, I'm glad you're here. We're not going to force Jesus on you, but we're glad you're here because we want to share with you the life-giving message of Jesus Christ. But once you come to faith in Jesus Christ, you're growing in Christ. But then there are people who are, are moving closer to Christ, and then there are people who are Christ-centered. You know, um, being a Christian, again, is not about religion. It's about a relationship. But sometimes those of us who are on the, the more mature side of being a follower of Jesus Christ can be quite smug and what we believe and understand. And we say, well, you know, we've got the right way. But being a Christian is not about having the right way. It's about knowing God through faith in Jesus Christ. It's about a relationship that we have with him and that we need to share with the world. And so that's why I'm so excited about this series. We're asking you to pray for one. God, show me one person that I can share your love with. And we believe that God will answer that prayer. And when God gives you that person, it's your job to love on them like God loves them and to share Christ with them when that moment seems appropriate, to be in relationship with them and to help them grow in faith. Now, here's the second reason I'm excited about this series. We live in a world where literally hundreds of millions of people, that's right, hundreds of millions of people, don't know who Jesus is. They may know about the religion of Christianity. They may have grown up in a church or they may have never lived in a part of the world where they've never heard about Jesus. And we believe that the body of Christ is the answer for sharing that. So here's what I believe. I believe that we, you and I, are, we're both equipped by God and placed by God to share the love of Jesus with specific people. First of all, equipped. You, you know, look, you heard my story about my relationship with Carl. I never shared Christ with him. But the reality was, despite my discomfort, despite my, my awkwardness and my, my fear about sharing with Carl, I was fully equipped you see, the day I accepted Christ, the Holy Spirit came into me, and the Holy Spirit 
Scripture tells us, not only gives us a guarantee, a promise of our salvation, the Holy Spirit gives us power to do what we can't do in our own flesh. And the Holy Spirit promises to give us words when we don't know what to say. So I just needed to step out in faith. But here's something else that you probably intuitively know if you've never heard. You can hold the Holy Spirit at bay. And that's what I did with Carl. Uh, The Holy Spirit kept nudging. You need to share Christ with him. And I kept saying, oh, I'm not quite comfortable yet. You've been equipped. You've been given the power. And if you lean on the Holy Spirit, he'll give you the words. Here's the other part of that, though. I believe you've been placed in the places where you need to be. I was placed in Carl's life to share Christ with him, and I didn't do it. But you've been placed in the lives of specific people, where you work, where you go to school, where you play, where you live. You think, well, no, that wasn't. It just happened, did it? Do you doubt the sovereignty of God? There are people in your life that are there so you can love them to Jesus. And so when you pray, God, give me just one more person that I can share with Jesus, don't be surprised if it's that person you've known for years. It may be somebody you've never met, but don't be surprised if it is because God has placed you where you are to be able to share Christ with you. Early this year, I shared with you our vision as a church. We want to be an Acts chapter 2 church, an Acts 2 church. And our vision to be Acts 2 church is if you go back and read particularly chapter 2 of the book of Acts, you'll see a, a church that devoted themselves to God's word and sharing God's word. You'll see a church that devoted themselves to doing life with other people and loving on them. You'll see a, a church that devoted themselves to being generous with the love of Jesus in their time, their talent, their treasure, and their touch. That's our vision. And you you probably know our mission statement, love God, love people, change the world, because we believe that through the power of the Holy Spirit that we're called to love God and we're supposed to love people. And if we do that, God's going to change the world. He's going to change people's eternal destinies, and that's going to change the world. Praying for one fits in line with that vision and with that mission. So let let me just talk about our personal motivation about praying for one. You know, I, I think we all want to be able to reach some point in our lives where we feel like we've lived a life with no regrets. And so when we have regrets and there's something we can do about it, we, we want to. Um, I shared with you this earlier this month. Our, our staff went to a, a conference where Bob Goff spoke and, and he said, just an amazing speaker, he wrote a book called Love Does. And that's my first point. Love does. That, that's our motivation. God's love has done something for you and for me that should motivate us to do something for the rest of the people that we are in contact. So love does. You know, I think about this. When I look out at our congregation, at this service and the other service, I see amazing people. I know some of your stories, and I don't know everybody's story, and I know little bits and, and large parts of your stories, but, but what I know is amazing to, to see of how God has moved in your life. 
and what God has done and what God's teaching you and how God has placed you in certain places. And so I, I love to hear people's story because it shows me about the power of God in the lives of people. And that encourages me. You know, I, when we go through the membership class, I ask people to write down their, their, their before Jesus story and their after Jesus story. And those are such a blessing to me to read those. And it's just amazing to see the, the myriad of ways that our all-powerful and all-loving God brings people to him. This week, I, I had the opportunity to, to preach from this stage to our Clyde uh, middle school and high school students. And, uh, you know, our youth pastor, David Summers, is, uh, David Seiler is doing a great job. I know somebody named David Summers. I messed that up. David Seiler is uh, doing a great job with our students. And one of the, the brilliant things he does each week is he has one of the adult volunteers share their story with the students so they can see and hear a walking, talking, living follower of Christ who's a little further along in life than them. And last week, there was this amazing story. Honestly, the testimony was far better than the message I taught. And I was mesmerized to hear this young man's story as he shared it. And I said to him afterwards, I said, I want to hear the rest. Let's, let's get coffee sometimes. But, but, you know, basically the story was he grew up in Granville, Massachusetts, um, uh, he, had, he moved around the country. He came to faith in Christ. He, he did some amazing work, some amazing jobs, but he moved back to the area uh, to uh, settle down with his young family and to start a business. And it was just a fascinating story. And I, ha I sat there thinking, isn't this amazing? This young man has had all these opportunities and done these amazing things and, and grown in his relationship with Christ and, he, Christ. and he shared that. But he comes to Valleybrook on Wednesday night to hang out with middle schoolers and high schoolers. Why is that? He comes to lead students and to love on them. And you know why he does it. I mean, without knowing his story, you know that he knows the love of God in his life. He's come to understand that, that God's love has done something for him, and now he wants to do something for other with God's love to other people. And so that's what you and I have to recognize. So here's the point. God's love does something for us. He shows us that he loves us no matter what. He accepts us no matter what. And he wants us to receive that love and come into a relationship with us. In the book of Corinthians, we, we see this in black and white, this love that God has for us and how he has loved us this way and how he wants us to love. Now, you've probably heard this before at a wedding. But think about this. This is not a wedding scripture, although it shows up at tons of weddings. It's a scripture about how God loves you and how God wants you to love others. So let me just read the first three verses of uh, Corinthians 13. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. 
you and I can do a lot of things. We have lots of gifts and talents and skills and abilities, but if we don't do it in love, it doesn't matter. I mean, you, you, can, you can serve uh, you know, someone who's, uh, who's homeless and without food every night of the week, but if you don't do it in love, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how smart you are or what your spiritual gifts are or how strong you are in your faith or, or how you want to serve other people. If you don't do it in love, it doesn't matter. So God's love does. It reaches out and cares for us. And God's love demands that we love others like he does. That's why I'm passionate about us sharing Christ with the world. Part of our statement of faith at Valley Brook says this, we believe that God has laid upon the members of the local church the primary task of giving the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost world. We're God's plan of sharing the gospel with the world. A few weeks ago, we, we had Story Sunday, and if you were here, you heard the story of three different individuals about how they came to faith in Christ or how they, they went deeper in their relationship with Christ and how they got connected to Valley Brook. There was a recurrent theme in every story. And the recurrent theme was how you loved them. That's right. The recurrent theme was how you, the body of Christ, accepted them, loved them, cared for them, included them, did whatever it took to make them feel like they matter. You see... Love does, and you did it. We're called to love. You know, we can do all kinds of things, but if we don't do it in love, it doesn't matter. That's why we're challenging you to pray, God, give me one person to share your love with today, and to pray that every day. Now, some of you are thinking, yeah, but you don't know how long I've been praying for somebody to accept Christ. Here's the deal, and it's my next point. Love never gives up. God never gave up on you. I, I'm going to be honest. My love can be conditional. Yeah, you, you know that. Yours can too. My love sometimes has limits. You know that. Yours can too. But God's love is not conditional. God's love is limitless, his love never gives up. Back to 1 Corinthians. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Now, some of you are saying, wow, I don't, I don't love like that. I, I get that. But that's how God wants us to love. He wants us to love like that. I'm going to return to that conference where Bob Goff spoke because he challenged us when he spoke. He said, God loves everybody, and so God wants you to love everybody, even that person in your life that's very hard to love, even that person who, who 
constantly drives you crazy. Even that person who's a little awkward or creepy, God wants you to love them. God wants you to love that person that you don't have the same political views with. God wants you to love that, that person that you want to turn the other way when you see them coming. You know, it's easy to love those who love you. Jesus said that. So he said, don't just love those who love you. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Love never gives up. I know you're thinking of some people right now, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, you are. It's going to be real dangerous to pray that prayer in a few minutes. God, give me somebody who, uh, to share your love with today, right? We're moving toward the celebration of Easter, just the, the most exciting celebration of the body of Christ. And uh, here at Valley Brook, we encourage you to invite folks to the events of Easter. We have a Good Friday service. We have this massive Easter egg hunt. By the way, it's going to be on campus this year, uh, and we have three services on Easter Sunday. So we encourage you to pray about who you can invite. Keep that in mind as you're praying for one person. But do but you know why we do that? you know why we send out mailers to 25,000 homes? Because we want people to know about this. We do the Easter egg hunt not because we like Easter eggs. Uh, by the way, thank you for those of you who are stuffing those 16,000 eggs. Or just That's a blessing in itself. But, but the reason we do these things is to give you opportunities to reach out to people that God's placed in your path and invite them to come with you to the egg hunt. It doesn't matter if you don't have kids that are in that age range anymore. Invite them to come with you. Bring them. It's always a, a powerful experience. Invite them to come to one of the Easter events and services with you. You, you know, everybody's going to, if you live in the, you know, in about a 10-mile circumference, everybody's home's going to get one of those postcards so you can talk to your neighbors. Hey, did you get that postcard? Yeah, I want you to come to our church on Easter Sunday with us. That's critical. Invite them to come with you. Don't say, I'll meet you there at quarter of 11. Invite them to come. Say, I'll pick you up at a quarter of 11. That's what love does. That's what love does. I know it's scary to pray that prayer. God, give me one person to share your love with today. But we have to. When God gives you that person, you need, you need to pray for that and, and begin to love on them and care for them. When, when you start loving on people and, and praying for that one person, God's going to give you a desire for them to hear the good news about Jesus. I don't want you to make the same mistake that I made with Carl. The Holy Spirit's going to nudge you, guide you, give you power, and give you words. Some of you are saying, well, yeah, this feels uncomfortable. Yep, yeah, it will. It's okay. God is more powerful than your uncomfortableness. All right? Look, you know, you know, at Valleybrook, we share the gospel often on Sunday mornings. Why? Because we want people to know what it means to come to faith in Jesus Christ. But that's not just the job of pastors or church staff. Every Christ follower is called to share the gospel. We see that in Matthew 28. And we hear these words in 1 Peter. In 1 Peter, the apostle Peter said, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you the reason for the hope that you have. 
You have the hope of eternal life through your faith in Jesus Christ. And if somebody asks you about it, you need to be able to share it with them. You don't have to have perfect words. You don't have to be a public speaker. You just need to say, look, I once was lost and now I'm found. I believe in Jesus. I understand. You may not have all the details. That's okay. So some of you are saying, well, how would I go about sharing the good news of Jesus with people? If you'll indulge me for a moment, I'm, I'm going to give you just a very simple and clear, uncomplicated reason. Look, in your seat this morning, you, you, you had a, a, a pen and you had a little card. You had a, a nice little, a bigger card to use as an invitation and you had a blank piece of paper. Pull out that blank piece of paper and that pen, okay? We're going to do a little art this morning, all of us, all right? So I want to encourage you. So I'm going to share with you what, what many of us call the bridge illustration. I'm going to do it in, um, in a very uncomplicated way. And so as we go through this, I want you to draw what you see on the screen on your piece of paper, just as a, a practice run. So uh, the first picture they're going to put up there, there's a, a stick figure on one side. looks like this person is on a cliff, and there's another cliff opposite them, and, and you see the word God. So, so draw that there. That represents humanity as the stick person, or you, or your friend, or whoever you were going to share this bridge illustration with. And on the right hand, you see God. But you can see there's a, there's a chasm between there. And here's the deal. God loves that person and wants to have a relationship with him. And something separates that person from God. And this is what you'll draw in there. You'll write the word sin. You see, our sin separates us from God. Even though God loves us, it's our sin that separates us from him. We can't have a relationship with God unless we deal with that sin. And as much as you think you're a good person, you can never be good enough to not sin. And so your sin separates you from God. But this is how much God loves us. Now, over that chasm, I want you to make a cross that bridges one side to the other. And then on the word sin, I want you to exit out. You see, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, and he bridged the gap between you and God and he destroyed the power of sin to keep you separated from God and if you believe in Jesus you just draw a little line from that stick figure over to God if you believe in Jesus that he died on the cross for you and paid the price for your sins and you want to follow him you can have eternal life so as I said, this is a very simple way to do the, the bridge illustration. There's some more things you could do, but I want to give you just the basics. So you could do this. You could do this on a napkin at a restaurant. I'm not even going to tell you that you need to memorize a bunch of scriptures to walk through this. If you want to memorize a scripture, I'll give you one. One that you may already know or sort of know. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And you can say to that person that you've been praying for after you show this bridge illustration, would you like to have that relationship with Jesus? Uh, I had it, and this is how I have a relationship with Jesus. I told him I believed in him. And I told him I accepted his forgiveness for my sins. 
and that I want to follow him all the days of my life. And I just set that in a prayer. Then you can ask them, would you like to say that in a prayer? If you do, we can do it together. God wants us to be able to share the good news of Jesus Christ with other people. And I've tried to give it to you in its basic form of how to share the gospel. There's a whole lot more you could do. And for some people, they want a whole lot more. But for some people, they just want the basics. You and I can do this. We can do it with our family. We can do it with our friends. We can do it with people that God puts in our path and that we begin to build a relationship. Obviously, I'm not talking about doing that the first time you meet somebody, although occasionally that could happen. But here's the deal. As you're praying for God to bring you one more person to share his love with, there's going to come a time where they're going to say, you know, there's something different about you. What is it? And you can say, well, it's because I'm a Christian and I believe in Jesus. And when they ask you, what does that mean? share that bridge illustration with them. And once you share it with them, you can ask them if they want to have a relationship with Jesus. You know, that could come in the the first month of knowing that person. It may not happen for a year. But here's the deal. We're God's plan to share his love with the world. So that's why we need to be praying on a daily basis. basis. God, give me one more person to share your love with today. I want to draw your attention to to the little business card. Pray for one. Last week, we asked you to spend some time praying about whose name you should put there. We're going to ask you to do it again. You know, it's okay if you have two. It's okay if God actually gives you three or four people to pray for. It's okay. Don't get overwhelmed. Because remember, you've been equipped. You have the power and you have the words through the Holy Spirit. We're going to sing a song and uh, I'm going to invite you to stand when we sing it. And I'm going to invite you to, to take that card and the pen that you've been given and pray. And when God gives you the name of somebody, I want you to write it down and begin praying for that person. The words to this song, we sung it last week, we'll sing it again today, but they're powerful. It's, it's called For the One. It's, the words are powerful because it's about how God's kindness and compassion for the one person who hasn't come to faith in Him. He, he has that, and He wants to communicate it to that one person through me, through you, through some other Christ follower. But we have to be open and ready and available. So, with pen and card in hand, I'm going to invite you to stand up. And we're going to sing. And if you just want to pray, that's okay. When God gives you that person's name, write it down. And then pray for them. And then if you want to sing, go ahead. Let's worship. Let's pray. I want to close in prayer for us talked about loving with open arms. I I want to encourage you just to hold your hands open and and that card that you wrote on, hold it open in that hand because I want to pray for those people. And after I pray, I'm going to give you a final blessing and I encourage you to go out into the cafe and connect with one another and uh, I 
encourage you to, to make some plans to, to uh, love that person in, in the way that love does. I also want to encourage you with that card, that multicolored card that you have. Maybe that's what you'll use for an invitation to that person that God's called you to pray for. So let's pray. God, with open arms, we want to love like you love us. Lord, we want to love one another, but particularly we want to love the names of these people. We want to love these people that are named in the way that you love them. So Lord, you've given us these names. Help us to love them like you love them. Lord, may you do something amazing through us in their lives. And we look forward to what you're going to do. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Go in peace. God bless you all. If you want to pray with somebody, the prayer team will be up here in a few moments. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information, visit our website at www.valleybrook.cc.